0: It was a totally normal Monday morning in Nashville until I received an unexpected phone call from my dad. I had just returned home from morning mass and had begun my usual work day out of my home office. I was a young entrepreneur at the time, finding ways to make a living through live events, music promotion, and real estate. My wheels were turning as they always did at the beginning of a new week. So the last thing I expected that morning was news of a family tragedy. That's the opening paragraph of Chapter 8, Principle Number 8, and Let Beauty Speak, The Art of Being Human in a Culture of Noise. Welcome back to the Love Good Podcast, everybody. My name is Jimmy Mitchell. I recently authored a book, again called Let Beauty Speak. It's also the title of the introductory course in Love Good Academy, which is a brand new formation platform. But as many of you are very aware, Love Good is not new. A lot of really new and exciting things happening right now, but we have been around since the summer of 2013 as a movement of artists and patrons, young people and old, all of whom are convinced in the power that beauty has to evangelize our culture of noise. That's what today's episode is all about, and it might seem a little bit paradoxical. Where is there beauty in suffering? How can suffering possibly be a source of evangelization? How can we transform the world through suffering? Well, the quick answer to that is look at the cross. You know, the whole world wags their finger at us Christians, particularly amidst all of the crises of our era, and that's not just, you know, a pandemic. It's not just the political turmoil and social unrest. People look at famine, and they look at cancer, and they look at all the suffering in their life, and then they wag their finger at us Christians and say, where is your God now? Where is He? And the answer for us For all of human history, at least Christian human history, the answer has always been, He's on the cross. That's where our God is in the midst of our suffering. He goes before us and He turns suffering into something redemptive, and it's the fruit of that redemptive suffering that is, in fact, beautiful. That's what today's episode of the Love Good Podcast is all about. Welcome back. Really good to have you. I'll be back in just a few moments as we dive into principle number eight in our art of being human. Suffering. You know, it's interesting because a lot of my friends who have now read Let Beauty Speak and patrons who have reached out with feedback so far, they've all noted that there's something about this chapter on suffering, this principle number eight, that turns a bit of a corner. You know, there's something a little bit more intellectual or semi-academic about the book up until this point. And then, frankly, it's a a bit of a uh, pouring out of my heart, a pouring out, um, really, uh, of of stories from what was easily one of the the darkest and most difficult times of my life and of my family's life, which was just over 10 years ago when my older brother passed away in his sleep quite suddenly— not something that any of us saw coming. And with that season of grief, that season of confusion, uh, came a lot of clinging to our Lord, clinging to the Lord Jesus Christ. There was this constant realization that we couldn't make sense of suffering on our own. You know, just a couple of months ago, I had the, the, the wild privilege of, of flying up to Nashville and being a pallbearer, at a funeral of a young woman, a, a sister to me, uh, someone that we all now call the little flower of Nashville. Uh, Sweet Rosie was someone that I had seen growing up from the time that she was about five years old and you know had been uh, privileged enough to be close to the family and, and be a bit of a, a fourth big brother in her life. And watching the suffering, obviously, on the faces and in the hearts of... Her entire family, uh, not just the day of her funeral, but obviously the the months leading up to it, as her cancer took a turn for the worse, uh, even just the couple of years of challenge and real um, difficulty that that battle with cancer brought you know that that suffering is something that also has a strange way of making all of us more human. It has a strange way of uniting us uh, across language and culture and uh, every other imaginable barrier, there's not a single person on planet earth who escapes life without suffering. And so it's not that Christianity, or specifically Christ, takes suffering away, rather he gives it dignity, he gives it purpose, and ultimately a profound sense of redemption. I remember studying this idea of suffering when I was in college. You know, I, I had one of those degrees that didn't require a lot of attention. <laughs> and so in my four years at Vanderbilt, I just never let the classroom get in the way of my education. I spent a lot of my free time reading C.S. Lewis and G.K. Chesterton and Pope Benedict Sixteenth, and did a lot of traveling and missionary work and internships. So one of those books are really more uh, like a, a collection uh, of letters that I came across was uh, of Pope Benedict the 16th and uh, one of the letters within that book was of course his great great encyclical that I believe came out in 2007 called Spe Salvi and it was something that again I read in college but it rang in my memory and in my heart for the next many years and it's it's a passage about suffering particularly in light of Christian hope How do we make sense of suffering? How do we allow suffering to even expand our heart and increase our capacity for hope? Well, again, this is what Pope Benedict XVI has to say, and I quote, We can try to limit suffering, to fight against it, but we cannot eliminate it. It is when we attempt to avoid suffering by withdrawing from anything that might involve hurt, when we try to spare ourselves the effort and pain of pursuing truth, love, and goodness, that we drift into a life of emptiness in which there may be almost no pain, but the dark sensation of meaninglessness and abandonment is all the greater. It is not by sidestepping or fleeing from suffering that we are healed, but rather by our capacity for accepting it, maturing through it, and finding meaning through union with Christ, who suffered with infinite love. End quote. Pope Benedict XVI, he goes on to describe suffering as one of the two great schools for hope. I mean, let's just talk about hope for a moment. This is the second of the great theological virtues, faith, hope, and charity. See, when we get to heaven one day, there will not be anything but love, not even faith, which is belief in that which we cannot see, nor hope, which is this joyful expectancy of of what's to come, because we will be able to see God face to face in heaven, in all of his glory will be in the fulfillment of all of that joyful expectancy that we lived our entire lives with. And when he talks about prayer, Pope Benedict, he talks about prayer's capacity to increase our hope, the way that hope, you know, it deepens our longing for heaven. It, it deepens, of course, our, our intimacy with Christ. But so too does suffering do this. You know, suffering in one way reminds us that we're not home yet, that we have not yet arrived. And there's a, there's a pain in that, uh, but obviously suffering also unites us with Christ on the cross, and therefore uh, brings us into intimate union with God uh, in a way that, you know, is actually impossible uh, without suffering. And so I, I gotta say that this is a principle that uh, I find, you know, difficult to talk about. We, we all find suffering difficult to talk about, but it's the one that means the most to me personally. And I haven't suffered in the ways that some people have. Obviously, look at even the earliest centuries of the Church, where you could hardly be a a Christian uh, without risking death every single day. You know, the first 300 years of popes all died martyrs. That's pretty interesting. The last century, actually, there's more martyrdoms than in the, the previous 19 centuries combined. So we We sometimes forget that there's suffering all around us, and specifically, Christian persecution. I'll tell you, I want to be at a point in my life where I I rejoice every time I'm persecuted, where I praise God every time that I suffer, because the reality is suffering sanctifies us. Suffering really does make us more like Christ. There's a beautiful little book that I've read all the way through twice now. It's a bit of a self-guided retreat. It's called I Believe in Love. It's by, I believe, a French priest named Father Jean de Labbe. And that's my best attempt at a French uh, pronunciation there. But in this book, the author writes, and I quote, Think of all those for whom you purchase eternal bliss by a suffering, which is, after all, transitory. Suffering is a gold mine to exploit for saving souls for helping missionaries for being a hidden apostle what happiness it is to be able to suffer when we cannot act There is something very easy to forget and obviously very powerful about the redemptive power of suffering this is something the church has taught from her very beginning that we can actually help Jesus save souls by uniting our suffering With the suffering of Christ on the cross. The other thing that I really love is the way that suffering can do violence to our rebel will, to borrow a phrase from C.S. Lewis. That in fact, suffering allows us to humbly submit to God's sovereignty, to God's authority. I mean, think about Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane. He wanted that cup to pass. You know, in his humanity, in his sacred humanity, Christ didn't want to die, he didn't want to suffer and die, especially the bloody death that He did. And yet, He said, let this cup pass before me, but not my will, Father, Your will be done. That's what all of us need all day, pretty much every day, uh, especially when we're struggling with our own self-will, with our own sense of dominion over our lives, when in fact, nothing that we are, nothing that we have, is even possible without God. And so it must always be submitted to His holy will. It must always be submitted to His beautiful providence. And so as this chapter unfolds, I, I tell stories of conversations that I've had with many, many people ever since my own brother's passing, and the great solace that has been found uh, in sharing that suffering with others, and then also the healing that has come and seeing how that suffering has led to redemption that in fact, you know, I'm more convinced of this than ever before, you know, there is no wound in our life that, that cannot be pierced by God's love and then very much healed. And once healed, those wounds become fountains of life. They're actually meant to be a blessing for others. That has been absolutely true in the case of my brother's passing. So in a very real way, suffering is senseless until we realize how God uses it to draw us close to himself and how he uses it to remind us that we're strangers and sojourners in a foreign land, that we are in fact made for God and for God alone. So, courage. We need courage to suffer well, to expand our hearts. In fact, in Italian, coraggio, core means heart, or agio means full. So, coraggio is to be full of heart. We, we need courage in order to have the sacred and suffering heart of our Lord. And who knows what our lives will bring. All of us, every day, don't know what we're going to wake up to, what challenges we're going to face, what kind of pain we may perhaps have to endure. But I do believe it's a great paradox, right, to think that suffering makes us more human, that it increases our capacity for compassion and and even intimacy with others. But I got to say, it's also the surest, pathway to victory in the Christian life. Think about all the great saints, just to name a few, Maximilian Kolbe, St. Jimma Galgani, St. Lawrence. Many of these suffered greatly in their lives and in their deaths, but it was their narrow way into heaven that was in the shape of a cross that actually brought them their most profound joy. Even in this life, even in the midst of physical torment and dark nights of the soul, it was in uniting their suffering with Christ that they found joy in this life and obviously uh, supreme joy in the next, in the eternal life that awaits all of us by God's grace in heaven. But it's a grace that we've got to cooperate with. You know, the Lord made it very, very clear that the road to heaven is narrow. And I dare say that that narrow path, that narrow way into heaven, as St. Jose Maria once wrote, is in the shape of a cross. So I'll read this final paragraph here on page 156 of Let Beauty Speak to uh, conclude this episode on our principle of suffering. Let us not be afraid to fall in love with God who poured out every last drop of his blood on the cross. He loves us beyond our wildest imagination. Let us be fearless before the hard reality of suffering, for this is our freedom and glory as children of God. May we enter into his wounds, and remain steadfast along our way to Calvary. As always, these chapters and these little podcast episodes are just glimpses of what you have available to you in Love Good Academy, this brand new formation platform for Christians uh, like you and me who are desperate to evangelize our culture of noise, who want to, rather than run away from our culture, redeem it, engage and redeem it from the inside out. And this is the call, I believe, of Christians in our time. Uh, now, obviously, I come from a, a deeply Catholic perspective, right? So there's, there's a liturgical uh, and sacramental and certainly theological driving force in all of my ideas, and even in the, the stories that I tell in Let Beauty Speak And know that we're going to go deeper into each of these principles over the next several years as these new courses unfold. But I really do believe that all of us across every denomination have a huge opportunity right now to be a united front against this culture of noise, against this post-Christian society that we suddenly woke up to, that many of us had sneaking suspicions of. But over the last 18 months has just become blatantly obvious. We are not living in times that are supportive, uh, much less conducive to the Christian faith. And so we've got to be bold. We've got to be intentional. We've got to be radical. And I believe that that's what's unique. Each of us have a way of living these principles in the art of being human that nobody else can live, which is to say that all of us have a way of being holy and a way of being a saint That is completely uncharted, and we've got, obviously, a long line of saints who have gone before us, and they inspire us, and they cheer us on, and they intercede for us from heaven, no doubt about it, but know that your call to be holy, your call to be a hero in 21st century society is unique and unrepeatable, and you bring gifts, and frankly, to tie in the principle of today's episode, you Bring suffering to the table and therefore redemption and grace uh, that nobody else can bring. So, your yes to God, your yes to His will for your life brings Him, brings His presence into the world in a way that nobody else can pull off. So, praise God for that. And just know that I'm continuing to pray for all of you. I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you. And it really almost saddens me to say we've only got two more principles to cover here on Season 7 of the Love Good Podcast. And when we get to our final episode, which will of course be uh, a real diving into our final principle of culture, I've got a very big announcement to make about the podcast. So stay tuned for that. Know again of my continued prayers. Please pray for me, and we'll see you next week as we dive into our ninth principle, which is the principle of mission. God bless you guys. See you next week.